Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker. And today, Jody has nominated Rudy Taylor for a Game Changer Award. And we're so thankful that Rudy is joining us this morning to tell us more about the magnificent work that she's doing. So Rudy, welcome and congratulations on your Game Changer nomination. We're excited to learn more about everything you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so tell our listeners and readers a little bit more about how you got started doing the work that you're doing. Well, um, okay. Um, really, it started mostly about 12 years ago. Um, I adopted a little puppy milk survivor named Cricket. I still have mm. her to this day. She's 18 years old. And she was so scared. She was absolutely terrified. And I had to learn why. So I learned about puppy mills back then. And soon after I got her, I found a little dog in Oklahoma who had spent his first 10 years living in a puppy mill. He had lost his eye because his cage was cleaned with a power washer. And he had a very sad story. Didn't think he would live very long, but that was Harley. And Harley ended up living for five years. Um, I kind of used Harley as a tool in a sense. Um, we traveled around the U.S. along with a rescue team and saved 760 dogs oh. from puppy mills. I say the U.S., I'm mostly the Midwest, really. Yeah. And I was able to, um, you know, we just developed all kinds of campaigns and educating people about puppy mills. We would go to yeah. schools. We just did a lot of stuff. So anyway, um, Harley passed away in 2016, and I decided that I needed to form a nonprofit because I needed more funding in order to really fight puppy mills. So we did that, and that is the main mission of our organization. But I also missed rescuing dogs, so I decided that we need to create a program within our organization, which we call Harley's House of Hope. And that program um, allows us to rescue senior dogs, usually from shelters um, that have been dumped or landed there for whatever reason. And we provide them medical care and do everything we can for them. And we do our best to find them loving homes. So yeah. that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. It was a long, <laughs> it's a long journey. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's amazing. And what you're, you're kind of fulfilling filling your passion in terms of, of doing what you're, what's put in your heart to do, saving dogs, but also this incredibly important work of edu educating people about how to stop the cycle. Uh, and that's something that I think all pet parents are, once we know about pet mill, pet, puppy mills, animal mills, animal farms, I think we have an obligation to try and tell others about how to stop that cycle by not supporting that industry. So I applaud you certainly growing up in Iowa, kind of a hub of puppy mills. I certainly uh, applaud that work. When you get up in the morning, Rudy, what, what are you most inspired by? What do you love most about the work that you're doing? Well, I get up really, really early because right now I'm in a <laughs> <box>. <laughs> um, You know, I mean, sometimes I have to admit it might be 4.30 or maybe five if I'm lucky and I'm dragging out of bed. But you know, the, the minute I turn on the lights and I start seeing the dogs and they're all ready for breakfast, ready to go outside, ready for whatever it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's heartwarming. I mean, yeah. these are dogs that had been, you know, a lot of times in the shelter that were skinny and sad and usually very sick and, you know, and here they are wagging their tails. And yeah, I guess that inspires me. Yeah. 
you are making a, a, a visible difference for those animals, not only giving them a second chance, but potentially a first chance at the feeling of happiness, maybe for the first time in their life, which is huge. How do you, Rudy, how do, do people call you and say, Hey, I, do people just show up with an animal? How, how, how are you acquiring these dogs and cats and um, probably other animals? Ways. I've um, worked to become a partner with different shelters. Um, mostly, most of the shelters I work with are in Southern um, California, but also we're located in Colorado. So I also work with the Denver Animal Shelter. And then I work with different groups that are located in you know, Texas, um, California, um, and Colorado mostly, and New Mexico. So occasionally someone will contact us and want to relinquish dogs to us, or maybe their owner got put in a nursing home. You know, it's just kind of a variety of ways, but most of the dogs we get have been in shelters yeah. and we get them from the shelter. Yep. And then do you, are you instituting foster homes or, or how does it work for the, for the day-to-day care? Um, most of them, most of the dogs are with me. And all of the dogs really are with me for at least some period. And then we have, I think, five or six foster homes, not very many, um, just around me. I have a couple that are in California for temporary fostering until we bring them to Colorado because they have to be strong and healthy enough. Yeah, um, yeah that's basically it. You know, honestly, my mother and my sister live together and they, they live one mile from me. And they have, let's see, three foster and... I think they have three foster dogs right now and two hospice dogs. So they're tremendously helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. It's interesting. I think sometimes when you do rescue, your immediate family ends up by default being your built-in foster. That's certainly true true in in my house as well. Yes. (laughs) If you were to, if you could share one thing to the world, Rudy, if you, if, if the world could know one thing about this really important work that you're doing, what would it be? Well, I would say that people need to realize that it's okay to adopt a senior dog. And it's okay if they really don't have the money to, you know, get the dog to a cardiologist, get the dog to a neurologist. You know, they can still give that dog that's going to be probably euthanized in the the shelter. They could still give that dog a lot of love and comfort Um, and provide basic medical care and medications that would help the dog, um, at least to the end of its life. It's not like you have to afford to be able to give that dog years more because, you know, those years might not be there anyway. Um, I just think that the biggest reason that people don't take seniors is because they're afraid of the cost. I think that can be worked out. Yeah. I don't know if that all makes sense. It it does make sense. And I think that I think that oftentimes the pressure of feeling like you might not be able to afford to do enough prevents or paralyzes people from doing anything. And I, I think that you have very wise words that if we can providing a home and food and love is far better for that animal than where it's currently at. So it's a step up, it's progressive and a step up from where it's currently at and for people to feel comfortable and confident to be able to just do that is a win I agree I agree for sure yeah yeah if people wanted to learn more Rudy about the fantastic work that you're doing to support you 
learn more, uh, where would they go? Um, our website is harleysdream.org. And it's, if you look at the website, it's mostly going to be about puppy mills, but on the menu, there's Harley's House of Hope. And if you go there, you can find more information. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we're so thankful that Jody nominated you for the Game Changer Award. It's great to learn more about what you're doing, your two-pronged passion of uh, advocating for puppy mill awareness, as well as providing unbelievable, unconditional love for those seniors and uh, animals with a little bit higher maintenance uh, to provide them a fantastic last chapter of their lives. It's inspiring. And thank you so much for taking the time to tell us more about it. Oh, well, you're welcome. And thank you so much for giving me that opportunity.